pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quagat Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. The game, where we talk about the game they play online in heaven. We've got a special guest this I'm week. I'm so glad that's the last time we have to do that. I know, it definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, you're definitely not getting better at the intros now, so tell you that much, but um, that's good. I mean, it's just practice. I just, I just go from gut feel. But yeah, we've got a big guest, Nick McArdle, this week, joined by the usuals. Harry, Harry, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, mate. Very Your good. fantasy team is it? Kagi, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good, mate. But uh, yeah, Nick McArdle, he's a man who knows how to do an introduction, that's for sure. He definitely does, mate. We need him on every week. Am I right in thinking we all lost this week, by the way? Did we all lose? Yeah, we all lost, but I'm still sitting in first. That's true. You're sitting outside the top four, sitting in fifth. And Kagi, very, very close to be the bottom two playoff, the Wooden Spoon playoff where you deserve, mate. Yeah, still six, mate. Just one behind Harry now. I'm actually the closest to Harry I've ever been this season. So it's looking up for me, really. But um, yeah, no, basically anything we have to say today is invalid since we all lost. I uh, clearly don't know fantasy for Super Rugby Trans. We'll just, we'll just listen to Nick, I think, for, for most of this pod. Yeah. But it's my 100th cap. I, uh, I thought I'd throw that out there. You said it last week, mate. Oh, mate, he's trying it every week. He's like, oh, it's my 100th. Yeah, right. Crunch boys, but we've crunched the numbers. The, the boy who cries wolf, mate, it loses its value. You know what I mean? We've got the stats guy on it. We've got the stats guy on it. We've crunched the numbers. Today's my 100th. And I'm Is that why you're wearing a beanie today as well? You're trying to be like a different person? You're like, you know, it was Nelson's 100th last week. It's beanie Nelson's this week. I don't know. It's no, mate, I, I don't know if you've realised, but winter's coming and it's pretty cold and I have no hair. So beanie is pretty regular for me at the moment. But look. That's fair. Let's jump straight into last week. We're not going to go into lots of details because we have a pretty juicy main course. I'll start us off with the Highlanders versus the Reds. The Reds B team, the hungover Reds, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they did not, you know, did not turn up after last week. Um, lots of young rookies. They went down 40 to 19. Harry, do you want to talk, us, talk to us about the Waratahs Hurricanes? Yeah, Waratahs Hurricanes was one of the highest scoring Super Rugby games I can ever remember. It may be the highest it isn't, scoring ever. It isn't the it's highest. It's not? No. no. I saw that. 112.64 to 48. The question from all the Waratahs coaches was how do you score 48 points and <laughs> still lose you don't defend. by 20-odd? And it's pretty easy. You just do not tackle. Yeah. And if you told the Waratahs at any other game throughout the season they was going to score 48 points on the weekend, mate, they would have had a heart attack. You know what I mean? They'd be like, this is the best news ever. Hey. I think they scored the same amount of tries that they did in Super Rugby AU or something something ridiculous like that. I'm a firm believer it's because Hurricanes were playing touch rugby and knew they had the game very comfortably. Yeah. I think, look, the biggest summary of this game is the interview with Geordie Barrett afterwards where he was um, just talking it up as a cricket score. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> How excited he was about the SCG. I yeah, and, and how much he loved the SCG. He went out there, he said he did his pre-cricket batting ritual yeah, or whatever. He was just yeah. exploring all the other change rooms there. He loved it. He was, he was actually yeah. there more for the cricket, I think. It's not good to see him happy, though, because we want to see him sad because he lost to an Aussie That's team. True. But, yeah. Kagi, do you want to talk to us about the Crusaders Brumbies? Yes, Crusaders Brumbies. Um, the two heavyweights over in Christchurch and, wow, went down to the whistle. So... Look, whilst, um, spoilers, uh, there was no Aussie team that won this week. Um, this was, was, wasn't even the closest, but it was pretty bloody close. A kick on the death knell to draw the game. It wasn't for the win. And I think it's really silly. I don't know what you guys think, but Super Rugby Trans Tasman 
doesn't have extra time. So it's just going to leave us with draws. Don't know what that's about. but um, Yeah, I was pretty good when I heard that because I assumed we would kick it with how good our goal kicking had been all year. That's it. That's it. So a tough one for Noel Alessio. But um, no, rip a game, though. The, uh, yeah, it was two, two teams with similar play styles just went at it. And um, look, I think the Brumbies led most of the attacking stats. Uh, but I think all the attacking stats except for run meters against the Crusaders. Um, so, yeah, look, who, we all thought they were going to get blown off the park, but it was pretty good. We talk about that with Nick McCardle. If you give us another spoiler, I'm going to cut you out of this podcast. <laughs> okay, all right. Third, third morning. Third morning, you cut me out. Um, yeah. No, nah, um, but uh, it was a good one. I enjoyed seeing um, my, my moment of the game. I enjoyed seeing Solomon Carter back. So yeah, a big beast. That's, that's your second warning. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> the, the next game is the Rebels. It was the Rebels versus the Blues. Someone here has written chess versus checkers, but I think boys against men, whatever you want to you wanna call this. Um, this was probably the most upsetting game as a Super Rugby AU fan. Look, the Reds, although that was disappointing, um, we knew that it was a pretty under-strength team, you know, bouncing back after a final. The Rebels, they they just, you know, looked horrible. It looked horrible in this one, really disappointing. I think they're going to need some big changes in future weeks just to look respectable, not to get a win. Um, the, but the, team, the team comes back next. Uh, sorry, I'm spoilers again. The team. Oh, comes. that's it, mate. Oh, after the entree, you're done. I'm editing <laughs> you out. Of it. Yeah, we'll you're, cut you you're out. done. Um, Zan, I'll be up all night, but it's worth it. You're <laughs> done. It'll be worth it. Zan Sullivan, Kagi, you excited to see him? He looked pretty promising. How good's his boot? Yeah, yeah, mate. Boys. He's got a cannon. Yeah. He did. He knocked a, not a penalty goal from what fifty or something around fifty. Yeah, that. Yeah, just just under. But he, even his punting was huge. Hmm. But no. I'm, I'm suspecting we see Perifetta back. Um, Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, but, Harry, you want to talk to about us about the Force Chiefs, the closest game? Western Force versus Chiefs, the game that we thought we won, but then Domingo Miotti decided he wouldn't let an Australian side win a game. 19 to 20, the Force played out of their skin. Again, I think exceeded everyone's expectations. The Chiefs looked a little flat, I think, on the back of the uh, the. Crusaders loss and then a 20-hour travel or so to get over to, to Western Australia at the moment during COVID times. But they uh, they were off the mark and the force took advantage. They, they were excellent and they put on continuous pressure and managed to get a yellow card to Anton Leonard-Brown and a couple of yellows to Luke Jacobson, which crashed my fantasy team. Um, and despite some horrendous stand sport coverage on this one, I believe that uh, Miotti scored a try late, kind of dove yep. over from from close. I did watch it, yeah, delayed. And uh, and then missed a kick 17 in from the touchline to lose the That's game it. by one point. Like, it wasn't a hard kick. He went from the hero to the villain very quickly. Um, that, that rounds those games up. My, my one thing to take was the question here, did Thorne and his, the Reds' management shoot themselves in the foot with this one. Uh, I'd touch on a lot of this a little bit later, so I won't go into too much depth, but they just left themselves without, you know, any strike power. Some were forced with injuries like Pattaya, Paisami, but then to have no Tate McDermott, put the likes of Tupo, Lukan Zalakayalotto, Fraser McWright on the bench. They left themselves without much strike power through that game, and they just couldn't leave their 22, and they just kicked the ball in field, kicked it poorly, and you just don't want to be kicking the ball, you know, open play to to any Kiwi team. The Highlanders love that as well. And I, I think they really made them pay. They just couldn't get out of their 22. Um, but there's a big game and I reckon they've got an eye on it for this weekend. And, and that explains a little bit 
plus, you know, the the poor setup of having Super Rugby Trans Tasman one week after the grand finals. That's it. It's exciting. The 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 got the fortress in Suncorp. Um, can they can they bring it up? Uh, the only last thing I wanted to say, my favourite moment from the weekend was Marika Coriobides hit on Nepo Laulala. That was the only good thing to come out of that game for the Rebels. But if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on some highlights somewhere. It was enormous. Do do you watch, um, what's the rugby show? Rugby Heaven? Heaven? Rugby Heaven. He's number one, mate. Do you mean the show with our guests? I think it was Corabiti Cracker, was it? He put the the hit on, you know, the Morgan Turnery's chart of the big hits. He's Uh, number one. They were taking the mickey by moving a few people up above that massive uh, US hit. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, sorry. Uh, I actually I haven't seen Rugby Heaven this week yet. Did it? You got number one, did it? You got number one. Oh, how good! So appropriate. Yeah. I mean, Lala's probably twice his size. Yeah. And the best part of it for Mike Nelson and I love this was Lala like getting up and paying him credit yeah. where it was due, giving him the tap on the head. Like, yeah, well done, mate. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Good hit. Very much a leaguey hit, to be fair. A little bit of a wrap in the arm, but when they're bouncing so far, you can't wrap that arm. Yeah. No, Sonny Bill loved it as well in commentary. He was he was a big fan. Nelson, your your favourite moment. I went through it. Did you? I was talking about. I was talking about my discussion with the Reds management. And Nelson, one good thing about Nelson's uh, leading this pod is he's. Um, mate, we're getting on with it. I like that. It's, um, yeah, that's it, Harry. And without my, that, my favourite moment was that I'm sure both of your tips for how many wins <laughs> we're going to get in this competition are already wrong. Surely, can we still get there if we win every game from now? For what you guys <laughs> oh, said, look, you, know, you guys went way too high with your tips for the. I, I, said, I said three or four. For Reds and Brumbies, and that's probably pushing it. But the four. Did you end up on Nelson like 10 or something? Or eight? Yeah, I said three or four from each of them. Yeah. No, I don't think I did 10. I think I did nine. Yeah. Said, they'll, they'll, no, I think I did eight. Harry, at, at, the risk, at the risk of sounding like Nelson, I did say six. No, I said seven. I said seven, but before the weekend started, I said, I reckon I've gone too big here. I, I'd like to reduce it to four. Yeah, I uh, definitely. But, but, I think uh, we've definitely gone too big. But look, <laughs> We the, the Reds can still get, say, three wins. Brumbies can still get four wins. And the Force could cause an upset. You know, I, I think we can still remain pretty positive. I don't think it's going to come from the Rebels, which none of us expected. And it's very unlikely to come from the Tars unless they can defend. We'll, we'll get into the previews soon. But while we're on this topic, Kagi, how many wins for the Aussie teams this week? Coming up this week? Yep. You got the Hurricanes Rebels. You got the Force win. versus the Highlanders. You got the Blues versus the Waratahs. Oh. You got the Chiefs versus the Brumbies, and the Reds versus the Crusaders. Why am I like? Why am I scared? Like tempted to say two for some reason? I don't know what's going on. I think either the no, I'm going to say one. Either the Reds or the Brumbies will get a win this week. Okay, nice. No force win. No force win. No, sorry, mate. No. Okay, too easy. And uh, the fantasy man of the, the are we, round. Are we, are we having a pick? No, we've already talked about it in the main course. I reckon. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Dude, are you are you perhaps this giving is, it away that we might have recorded the main course before? This is, no, but this is, this is the last thing that Kagi is doing before I cut him from the rest of the pot. Oh, nice. We, won't, we uh, won't let him chat for the rest. That's, yeah. that's good. You've made that really smooth. Sorry, what do I have to do? Fantasy man of the round next week. Well, I'll, I'll do it about it, mate. We don't need you anymore. Look, the fantasy <laughs> man of the match was Angus Bell, who got 102 points. And I think he played 71 minutes or yeah. something along those lines. So his points per minute was 1.4. Four, which is absolutely ridiculous. Isn't that ridiculous that he outscored HJH, who scored two tries? 
Yeah, yeah Harry, Harry, Harry threw his arms up and I, when I said, I think the top scorer this week was Angus Bell. And he was like, what? Did no, he even score a try? That's not right. <laughs> he did score one, yeah. But look, he, he scored a try, had 17 runs. That seems high, but that's what the stats are telling us. 17 Mate, he, he is the team. We, I'm pretty sure he if is. we go back and look at the notes from last week, we Mate, said Angus Bell is the team. It's it's him and Gordon, and yeah. you could probably say HJH. You know, Tizana was on the bench, so it wasn't him. But he also made three <laughs> tackle busts and two line breaks. T- to be fair, I did say I thought that the fantasy amount of the match was going to come from this game. I just thought yeah. it was going to come from the Hurricanes. And the backup did. Second place was Ray Arce with 98 points with far fewer points per minute because he played 80 minutes, 1.23. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, some, some of the stats must have been weird this week, though, because I did see on the Blues social media they put up something of Josh Goodhue and it said 11 uh, line breaks. That's the, It had like four stats. Oh, that's, no, that's in his career. Oh, was that his career yeah, not this week? No, I mean, I've not seen it. I'm assuming he that's did in not his make career. It. No, I think, sorry, I think it was, no, he didn't obviously make it, but I think it was no, for this he, week. They no, just he, messed it up. Mate, you've had three strikes. This is it. <laughs> no, Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Enjoy the pod, guys. Time to go to the other And for the main course, we are joined by Nick McArdle, who has been Australian rugby broadcasting legend in our eyes, mate. Uh, a stalwart. How are you doing? Yeah, good. You can keep that up. That's, that's, that's a great intro. Oh, mate, it's it's definitely going to keep coming. I, <laughs> there's been some big changes uh, for all of Aussie rugby in, in 2021, but, I mean, you're you're right amongst it. You you can now find you on Rugby on Nine, hosting Rugby on Nine and Stan Sporter. How are you finding those changes? Yeah, loving it. I mean, I you know, um, I guess for those who sort of follow rugby and, and have watched rugby on Fox over the years, yeah, I, I've left Fox at the start of... Um, last year, and uh, which wasn't, wasn't wasn't a great year to be looking for a job. Let me tell you. Um, so I was pretty pleased when I got a whisper that um, that, that Nine and and Stan were were hunting the rights, um, and yeah, I just uh, ended up having a couple of very fruitful chats, and here we are. But I feel really privileged to be mm. back in it and and doing what I love and. and you know, particularly when I look around and I, I know a number of um, people in media and particularly, but all in particular, but all across all walks of life since COVID hit, you know, they talk about um, jobs booming and, and uh, you know, unemployment getting back under control. I can tell you in the media industry, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah, um, so feeling very privileged to be doing what I'm doing and, and uh, get to, it's not really work. It's, you know, get to go and have fun every weekend. Well, we we feel privileged to have you, you know, in our ears, mate. Definitely, it's it's we're been pre- great. We're pretty vocal, I think. When you when you <laughs> left Fox, that we wanted to back, so we we're very happy when the announcement came through, mate. Yeah, no, uh, thank you for that. Speaking of last year, I think you you started your own podcast, the Playmakers Playbook. Um, how how did that go, and and how did that start up? Um, yeah, well, that, that was uh, I. I do need to say that I did that before COVID. You know how once COVID hit, everybody started a podcast. <laughs> I, I, I tend to point out that um, that I did that beforehand. No, it was really good, and for me, it was um, a bit of a learning experience. You know, like um, to get to talk to people who I mostly had uh, things to do with over the years, and to reconnect with people I hadn't um, spoken to for a long time about their time in sport and, and leadership and, and the athletes that they'd worked with. Um, you know, anyone from, I think Justin Langer was the first one. He was 
awesome and Meg Lanning and, and Paul Ruse all the way through to uh, a footy coach that I used to have a bit to do with um, back in Adelaide when I was a lot younger, um, like by the name of Graham Corns, who ended up being the inaugural coach of the Adelaide Crows. And to be able to reconnect with him and, and just, you know, shoot the breeze was pretty special as well. And, um, yeah, it it, uh, it resonated uh, with a few people. I got, got a few listens and um, I've actually got about half a dozen sitting in the in the can ready to go uh, for a second series, but it's just finding time to put it all together. But it's amazing. question, so good to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, and, and again, just maybe towards the end of this year I might get stuck into that. It's, um, it's interesting when you start thinking a little bit, uh, you know, sort of left of centre, okay, well, who's, who's got something to do with sport? And there's a couple of them fairly tenuously. So one of the, one of the women that I spoke to is um, Kerry Chikorovsky. Now, you know, everyone knows her history in, in politics. And you think, oh, what's she got to do with sport? And again, you know, fairly tenuous, but she's a massive um, uh, promoter and supporter of women's rugby. And she's got, and, and she's been on the board um, also in New South Wales rugby. So she's, she's got sort of close ties. And it's amazing when you get people who, uh, maybe aren't heard of all that often, but have really view, strong views about sport and leadership in sport. You actually get a bit of a different take on things as well. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully I get towards uh, the end of the year and find some time. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we we look forward to it. Look, let's let's jump into the previews for round two of Super Rugby Trans Tasman. Hopefully, we'll see some Aussie wins along the way. I know we're all waiting for them, but the first matchup <laughs> is the Hurricanes. Hold on, hold on, just quickly. Didn't you tip five Aussie wins last week? My my <laughs> my betting su- suggested that that was a good idea. There were some pretty big odds, so I thought I'd take. There, some there were, there were, and I think I think um, I think those calculations were actually being done in the office at, at Nine and Stan Sport. Today, yeah. by a couple of, uh, I, I don't, I don't punt, but, uh, but some do, and um, and I think what was on offer was f- for that was yep. um, was pretty special. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I was willing to risk $5 to make 166 grand. And sure. <laughs> I and thought how did that go work behind it, but I, I didn't truly believe in them. But, <laughs> <laughs> look, the, the first matchup is the Hurricanes versus the Rebels. In the new injuries, we've got Ruben Love. He had a pretty, you know, pretty hard to, to watch injury. Mm-hmm. Um, with his neck, he got stretched off. That took a bit of time as well. But And, and rushed to hospital as well, I think, after that match. They went yeah, on match. Yeah, and, and before the end of the game, apparently that already ruled out a serious neck injury. So apparently he was up and walking around shortly after that. So they said he's pretty banged up and sore, so he was going to miss one week. Yep. So hopefully we see him next week. Uh, a big couple names in the returns column. We have Nani Alamape returning into that side for the, the centres for the game. Are you excited to see him? Yeah, he's just a tank, isn't he? I mean, we've been wondering when he would come back. Um, that's yeah, that's um, that's pretty cool to see him back. And and again, um, we saw what they did in terms of attack, and with him there, it's going to be even better. Um, they are going to be a massive handful for the Rebels, um, who I was yeah really disappointed with last week, and I think most people. Yeah. Would, would agree with that. But the Hurricanes, there's an opportunity there. I think if you can make them work a little bit harder for their tries and you want to turn that game into a grind. And and um, what the Waratahs didn't handle at all was anything that was coming at them that was unstructured, anything from, from broken play. They were, they were just 
all at sea. And yeah. what are the New Zealand teams and, and particularly the Hurricanes, what do they love to do? You know, so so if you kick the ball back, you've got to you've got to do it with accuracy yeah. and intent and thought and method. You can't just bomb the ball back because they're just going to bring it back straight at you and, and you're going to be in all sorts of trouble. So, yeah, like if the Rebels can can stiffen up their defence and, and make the, the Hurricanes work a bit more for their, uh, for their tries, then they'll be in the hunt. But the flip side of that is um, it's just hard to see with the Rebels at the moment where they're going to score enough points. <clears throat> they just don't have a, a threatening or functioning attack at the moment. Yeah, through, through Super Rugby AU, I think they had an ability, especially earlier on the season, to bring other teams down to their level. Their, their defence was quite solid and they kicked the points when they were on offer and, and they kept those games tight. And it's definitely something they're going to have to do here. I think one thing that's quite clear for, for me is they're trusting Matt Tamua to move into Tuamua, to move into 12, to defend in that Laomape channel because he mm. is a hard man to stop. But Tuamua is good one-on-one. I, I actually reckon they're just going to put Carter Gordon out to the wing for, for defence. <laughs> Truly, Campbell Magnay will defend at 12 and Andrew Kellaway will defend at 13 or George Worth plays in the centres as well. So I think you'll find that the the defensive line is is not putting Carter Gordon anywhere near Laomape. That'll mm. be the name of their game plan. Mm. Mm. No, and, and getting back to what... Um, what the Rebels did earlier in the season by taking points and creating scoreboard pressure. Yep. Um, and they had a, a modicum of success with that, but I, it just feels like you're not going to beat the Hurricanes by by taking three. You, yeah. you have got to score some tries because you know that even if you defend well, they're going to score tries yeah, with definitely. the team that they've got. So uh, they've, they've got to find something else apart from that that strategy and you know, I don't know whether we're going to talk about the the coaching situation, but Sean Byrne was in charge of their attack. Now, depending on you know what you hear, he is very good attack coach, um, and there's a a school of thought that maybe you know he wanted to do a few things uh, with the Rebels' attack, and uh, and he was overruled. So, mm. so with the the case or not um but you know either way i guess it doesn't really matter because he's not there anymore um along with dave vessels um so you know kevin foot uh he's he's under some pressure i guess um one week into his interim coaching uh career um you know i'm sure he would love to put his hand up and 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 have the job uh, well, he's got four or five weeks to to prove that he's the man. You, you've got to think with such a short turnaround in a season like this where you're up against such challenging competition every week, he's not going to go in and reinvent the wheel, right? Like he's just going to make a couple of small tweaks and try and get the guys oh, up. You, you, you just can't. You, you, you say that, but look at their team this week. It's completely different. I, I, I think this is... That's, a year, that's uh, mainly because they signed Andrew <clears throat> Kellaway. Campbell Magnet is now fit again. And Carter no. Gordon's had a couple of games to actually get an well, opportunity. Realistically, Magnet has been playing, but he's been playing in that, that 12 jersey. And, and Matt Tamu has had, you know, too much you know, too much to do on his hands all by himself. So they've shifted him to 12 and, and brought in another playmaker. What do they have to lose? This is... <clears throat> This is a chance really for them to, you know, blood, I think, guys like Carter Gordon because he's a he's a player that they'll probably rely on a fair bit in, in 2022 in my eyes. So, you know, when when better to give him a shot than now. Yeah, and, and I would I would say that um, Campbell Magno is probably, I mean, to me that team probably looks a little bit better on paper yeah. 
yeah. yeah. Probably haven't got enough of, um, we haven't really seen enough of Carter Gordon to, <clears throat> to know if he's really got it at this level. We're yeah. about to find out, aren't we? But <laughs> Tamura at 12, yeah. um, very good defensively. So he shores that up. And, and pushing Campbell Magne out one to 13. And he, he is a 13. He's yeah. a 13 who's been playing 12. So mm. he's probably a better outside centre. And um, and then also in terms of some grunt, and they're going to, to need it with um, Trevor Hosea coming back and Izzy Nisarani yep. as well. Um, so that, uh, that makes a difference in the pack. And, and we saw that obviously they're very, very good, um, very, very good eight that the Hurricanes have got. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more physicality and size for the Rebels, which I think they were they were pretty undermanned in that category last week. Uh, on the flip side, talking about the Hurricanes changes, you got Tyrell Lomax coming back in at tight head prop, uh, exciting young prop Alex Fidel, uh back to the bench as well. So that's a big change for them to bring that experience in. And then Isaiah Walker-Leawere as well is a guy that we've been really excited to see more and more from I, I i think that he was sold without being spectacular yeah. last week but uh the experience of scotty scrafton comes back into their 23 as well so i think there's there's a couple of big name players if you're talking about shoring up forward packs that the hurricanes have just made some good changes themselves as well yeah and the, the thing is with the hurricanes um and i made <laughs> i made the point last week and got laughed at because it's a it's a purely hypothetical point but um, I think it was something like half a dozen matches they uh, dropped by six points or fewer <clears> in, in Super Aviati Royal. So although they finished last, they weren't that far. You know, they yeah. were within a converted try most weeks. And you put into context that you, you've taken Bowden Barrett and TJ Perinara out of that team. Um, it's hypothetical to say you put them back in the team and they probably win most of those games. I know you can't do that because they're not well, that, that they weren't signed during the season. But but I think what I'm trying to say is it's a really good team. Like yeah. there's it's not like you look at them and go oh they well, they they struggled all year in Super Rugby Aotearoa. They mm. lost some close matches um, that could have gone either way. So yeah, you know, and and who's to say that they might be there at the end in in five weeks time and yeah. uh, and challenging in the final. I think that, you know, they've got that about them. So for that reason, and they've got depth, what you just, the changes you've just described, um, they've got depth as well. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a big ask for, uh, for the rebels. Well, there's, there's a couple more changes you're talking about. I don't, I don't disagree with your, you throw Perinara and Barrett back into it that they'll get a handful more wins. I definitely don't disagree. The Blues would be disappointed about that. But TJ Perinara is a realistic option considering he's signed, right? No, he can only come in for injury. Um, But they have... Take someone out. (laughs) They've had... Well, they've got Loves injured. Can they they bring him in? Say it's worse than it is. Uh, Look, they've got uh, Taumatini and Ledger going into that 9 and 10 jersey. So some changes from last week with the injury of Love um, and Campbell also dropping out of that that starting side. So there's a few changes there. I I think they're positions that, you know, they have been fiddling around with um, throughout the year, and, and I don't think it's solid there. So... Maybe maybe that's a chance for the Rebels. 
Well, I think that's definitely been their biggest weakness and, and probably the reason why they lost by those small margins. And and as I think you, you said, Nick, I, I think the 9 and 10 that you're talking about are just these well-established players that control games and can provide a few points themselves. It's it's definitely where they have the gla- the glaring hole, the gaping hole. But I, I find the question from the 2020 season to now, one further, one man further out is a really interesting question. It's Peter Umunga Jensen, who's just dropped mm. off the side again. Do you guys talk about uh, his role this year and his form? Because he's someone that had an absolute breakout year last mm. year, even got capped by the All Blacks. And seemingly, yeah, I know he had a baby and he was away on maternity leave at the start of the season. And yeah, since no. he just can't get his way back in. Yeah, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not across that at all. Um, but I thought he was pretty good last week. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, so whether there's something more to that? Well, it's, it's, his problem is that so was Billy Proctor. No, his problem is <laughs> it's not too hard to look good against Aussie teams at the moment, <laughs> against the Waratahs. <laughs> uh, he, didn't, he didn't do it against the Kiwi sides. That's, that's the issue. But, <laughs> yeah, look, hopefully that the starch defence with Tamora at 12 will, will sort of make it a little bit trickier for, for the Hurricanes this week. But, look, how do you, you see this going, Nick? Do you think that the, the Rebels can get it done or it's going to be too much for them? Oh, no, I think far, far too much from that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I hate I hate doing that because I'm very much a, a glass half full. Of, you yeah. know, if, you know, there's usually a way of saying, well, if they can do this and this and this, you know, they'll be in the game. But I just can't see, um, I just can't see how the Rebels, from what we saw last week and, and really what we saw towards the back end of Super Rugby AU from the Rebels as well. Yeah. I just don't see... I don't see any area of the game where you go, oh, you know, maybe they, they could they could squeeze something there or they could tinker with something. I just I just can't see it. I think it's it's hurricanes by by plenty. Yeah, yeah I agree. Harry. It's, it's probably I think it's a better matchup the for the Rebels than it was for the Tars. Like I, I think that the Hurricanes don't score as much through their their front row. So I think or, or don't don't get such a dominant scrum. And I don't think that's the Rebels massive strength at the moment. So I don't think that they lose too much out there. I think they've made a lot of changes to their back line, which shores them up a little bit as well Maybe. if they gel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. I, I think Hurricanes just too much firepower and I, I'd I'd love to see some light, but I'm gonna say Hurricanes by eighteen. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to say Canes by 20 was yeah, I think what I'm thinking. Well, um, very generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's the, that's our glass half full, I suppose, saying only lose by 20 or 18. <laughs> uh, he, here's one that I think is going to be a, a more interesting matchup, and maybe you know we've got a little bit more hope in this one, the, the Force versus the Highlanders. Um, the Force have the return of Sidaleki Tamani back into the locks. They've had a few few players shift around for that one. Joshuani returns to the bench for the Highlanders, and, and Shannon Frizzell returns back into that six jersey, meaning there's been a bit of a shuffle, and Himeno uh, drops down to the bench as well, which mm. he's been really, really solid for them. So he's a great player to come off the bench. Yeah, no, he's uh, – I mean – and this is, I don't know whether we're going to talk about this, but this is that wider discussion as well about the injection of some international players into Australian super yep. rugby, um, you know, like New Zealand has done. And even that wider discussion, do we open up some sort of trans-Tasman trade where, you know, some of the Kiwis come over here and, and some of our players go over there? I mean, that's something that was floated um, this week. Um, yeah. But but yeah, in, in terms of um, him and I for them, and but they made a history, haven't they, of um, of attracting Japanese players uh, to to the Highlanders, and um, and 
they turn them, well, not turn them into, but they, they certainly enhance their careers, I think. You know, if yep. you're a, a Japan international and you're looking for um, top-class rugby, well, where else would you want to go but New Zealand to, to enhance your, your skills? Um, and he's been terrific. Yeah, I think he has. Um, I, I think the fact that he's on the bench is probably more a bit of rotation and a little bit of a reward that Hugh Renton, I think, had a pretty good game last week with the exception of the the try that he blew, but he did score another one. So I, I thought he had a really good game and, uh, and probably just reward that he gets another chance to start. There's been um, a few other changes for, for the Highlanders while we're still talking about their forwards. We've got Bryn Evans coming in for Josh Dixon in the row. As you said, Hugh Renton actually shifts to eight, making room for, for Zell to come back into that starting side. Bryn Evans, how old is this guy? I, I was just going to say, how old is he now? Is he, he's, he's 37 or something, I think. Well, oh. hang on. We'll talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to find out. Um, yeah, well, no, he, he has been around forever. We, we've got the answer for you. Do you <laughs> did, he, did he play? I think he did. He play a couple of tests. One, one he test. Did. Yeah, 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 he did. But the the crazy thing is, he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does not look like he's out of place in any way, shape, or form. I've been really, really impressed with his form in Super Rugby Aotearoa. Yeah, I, I thought when he was coming across, it was just a bit of a token signing. You bring in an experienced player, but he, like, he's like had the a Daniel Carter effect, was <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe to not not to the same extent. <laughs> Um, but yeah, looks is he thirty six years old? Thirty six, thirty six. Yeah. yeah, born uh, October 28, eighty four. Yeah. Yep. Crazy, absolutely ridiculous. He's yeah. been fantastic though. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, he's been, he's been. But you know, those players can, those sort of players, particularly depending on, you know, the makeup of of the forwards, or <clears throat> you know, if they've got a couple of young second rowers. You know, you talk about the the mentoring, and I'm thinking even in Australia at the moment, what a what a great time it would be for a youngster yeah. to be around, you know, Richard mm-hmm. Kahui, for for example, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, where you'd just be soaking up all this stuff. So I guess it's similar mm-hmm. for young guys in the Highlanders mm-hmm. squad. You you I don't know him. You kind of hope that he's the sort of guy who's you know mentoring and bringing. Um, younger players along, but you know he's 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 demanding a place in the team based on skill and nothing else. It's not like he's he's yeah. there in the future. Yeah. Speaking of Richard Kahui, did you look at the Chiefs Australian <laughs> backline suggestions that they posted up on Twitter? No, didn't every, see it. every single one of them had Richard Kahui at twelve. <laughs> we, we think he was standing next to them when when they, when they did their lineups. Every single round, <laughs> a bit ridiculous. But no, he he has been playing really really well. Yeah. Um, as well, Kahui. I've I've been. I think compared to last year, another year in a professional system because he had been out of it for a little bit of time. He, he shows he's still got it. Definitely still got it. Yeah. Um. While we're still actually no, let's jump across to the the force. Something we've been saying for a few weeks is it's. I didn't understand why Fergus Lee Warner was dropped out of the side for a few few matches. I understand Anstey is quite a young player. There's a lot of potential about him. But for finally, we're actually getting to see these two guys on the same side together. Anstey's shifting across to six. Um, sorry, sixing from six to eight, dropping Standard to the bench. And Fergus Lee Warner goes from the locks to six, making way for Sidaleki Tamani. Mm. Do you think this changes the, that side? I, I know Standard adds a lot of punch and defence, um, but it's it's basically swapping Standard for Sidaleki Tamani. 
coming back into the side. Yeah. Um, Tim Ansio, I'm just not sure yeah. yet. Um, and I know he was invited into that, uh, the, the Wallaby squad, um, you know, which was more a logistics thing. They sort of did a few walkthroughs and stuff like that, but they didn't go yeah. over a couple of those. But um, so they obviously saw something. You remember, he, I think it was against the Waratahs, wasn't it? At, at Bank was, West, yeah, and he yeah. scored a couple of tries. And just, you know, crucial tries just at the right time of the game. They were probably his couple of best moments, but there's obviously something there that um, that a the the Wallaby coaching setup likes, um, whether it's you know work rate. He's obviously very mobile. Um, He's a good defender. So you know there's there's pieces there to the puzzle, Um, but he probably needs to have a, a big couple of weeks, I reckon. Yeah, I think he's been, he was in sevens for, you know, the last sort of few years. And it is sort of pivotal years because he's 23 now. Mm. To to jump from from sevens back into the 15-man code, I think is a big shift, it is a big change. But he's shown potential. I think he's got a good skill set. But he's definitely been more pivotal for them off the bench than he has for, you mm. know, 60-minute-plus performances. Yeah, when, when he gets his opportunity to use his base, his pace against a tired defensive line. But, Nick, you said that he needs to have a, a big couple of weeks. I reckon he needs to have a big couple of years. Like I, I think he's just a young, developing player. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think maybe we uh, we all talked him up a little bit <laughs> too much after he had a couple of good impact matches coming off the bench, as Nelson said. And yeah. I, I'm happy for him to get the opportunity to develop with this side. But I, I like the way that, you know, some of the other players have been brought through Australian sides like Taniela Tupo and some of the Kiwis as well about how they try and foster these young players and build their game minutes, whereas it looks like he played two good games off the bench and now he's going to start and play 80 minutes every week. Yeah. So I just think they need to maybe not rush him so much. Well, and that's you know that's that all feeds into a wider discussion about how we do that too often. Um, yeah. yeah. And and even if you if you get step back, um, you know, go back one more step, and I know Stephen Hoyles was and Morgan Turanui still says that the fact that these players should be playing fifty or sixty club games. Yeah. Before yeah. they before they even pull on a Waratahs jersey or a Force jersey, you know. Like, unfortunately, the system doesn't allow for that anymore. Um, but even when guys come out of the club system um, and uh, and find that I'm just having a blank, um, the uh, Waratahs hooker who came back from... Um, uh, yeah, Dave Parecki. So he comes back. Well, he, he's got a bit of... He's got a few growth rings on his trunk, you know, he sort of comes back from a few years in England and he's played club footy and, you know, he's got a few calluses. That's what you want, um, guys. And, and yeah, we just seem to be looking for the next big thing all the time. And, and we're, we're complicit in that. Like the media is very good at, you know, have a look at our latest superstar. He's played 30 minutes and scored two tries. How good is he, you know? Oh, we, we definitely ourselves get overexcited about any young player going through. Yeah. I, think, I think we had the uh, politically correct term hot shit yeah. uh, <laughs> podcast and all the hot shit players of the new year. So yeah, yeah. We, we definitely love it. And yeah. it's, it's one of those ones that, you know, some unique players can make it, can hold, hold their own, you know, mm. when they're quite young. But a lot of them are left with scars and it yeah. could really negatively affect the game and, and their development further down the track. But Well, well it's, also, it's also a bit mm. like, 
very few sports people come through at a young age yeah. and, and are able to reach a, a high level and maintain that level. You even yeah. think about like mm-hmm. Ricky Ponting comes into the Australian cricket team. Gets, get, I mean, how many, there aren't too many, and I should be able to name them, but there aren't too many who, who come into the Australian cricket team yeah. and never get dropped. Most people yeah. get dropped once, twice, three times yeah. before they actually find their level and, and work out their own game. That, that applies to every sport, doesn't it? Like, yeah, definitely. And rugby, if you come in and have a, a, a good patch, it's very hard to actually maintain that level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the Force Highlanders game, I think one thing that we didn't mention last week was the travel factor. So yeah. I, I was looking at uh, some articles yesterday. The Highlanders have to travel 20 hours to get mm. to the Western Force, three flights to go over to Perth. I think that's a massive, massive advantage for the Western Force. And yeah. on top of that, this is their last home game of the year, so they should have a big crowd. The Sea of Blue should really turn out. It's going to be a big occasion and a big ask for the Highlanders to travel over there. Yeah, I had a couple of messages today and I think so I think it was 13,100 last week um, yeah. over there against the Chiefs and they're expecting a bigger crowd, potentially 15,000 sellout. So awesome. um, that would be awesome. But, yeah, if, if they've got a bit of jet lag or not jet lag, but, you know, if they're a bit bit tired from the, the travel, happy days, that's great because you know, <laughs> every little bit helps. Um, but you talk about teams, how they match up against each other. I think mm-hmm. you're right about the Force and the Highlanders. The Force... Very organised defensively. Um, they, they give nothing away. You look at every team they've played this year have, mm. has had to work for their tries, you know, after um, long periods of possession. and not, not much comes easily. So if you can turn that into a grind and, and frustrate the Highlanders and, you know, take the likes of Aaron Smith playing, take the likes of Aaron yep. Smith out of his out of his comfort zone. So he's, he's getting cranky. You, that's what you want to see. You want to see... Uh, that they're, they're chirping the ref, they're getting frustrated. You know, you don't want to see with smiles. I read an article today about Dane Coles last week. Um, it mentioned that, you know, you know that the Highland, that the Hurricanes are doing it easy when Dane Coles <laughs> shoots and, and spends the whole game smiling. Well, he spent yeah. the whole time smiling last week. So, yeah. so let's take him out of their emotional comfort zone and, and turn it into a grind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One more thing I think that, I've got a question about it. Both both these backlines are stable. There's no, as far as I know, there's no changes in either backline. But the one question that raises for me is, can you answer it? Is what what does McIntyre offer over Miotti at the moment? Because realistically, I think the attack improved significantly when Miotti came into this side. Is is there something yeah. that we're missing? Um, only that. They probably so so Jake McIntyre came back last week, didn't he? That was his first yeah. game back. I think Miotti had very early. Yeah. So so and they started the season, I think, with Jake McIntyre. So he he was looked like the preference, I think, early on. Um and and then they yeah, so they were playing with Miotti and probably not getting really what they wanted. Um, yeah. Unless there's something to, but but it didn't seem that they were firing on all cylinders with Yachty yeah. a few weeks ago. Maybe they just think that they it was time for a change, try something different. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I don't have anything more than that. But but you're right, they were a different side when he came on last week, and and you know came within about five centimeters of of getting Australia's only win for the weekend. 
Yep. Um, and how crazy that the one thing that we, we thought was going to be so reliable out of his game, his kicking game, he <laughs> yeah. missed 17 in from the touchline. It, was, it wasn't that hard a kick. No, no exactly. No, disappointing. How I, I do know the answer, though, Nelson. You said, what's he missing? He's missing a 2022 contract, I would suggest. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Jack, Jake McIntyre will be the man next year. So yeah, maybe quite, that's a bit of it as well. Quite potentially. Look, I'm... I'm going to be a glass half full here. I'm going to say the force are going to sneak this one. The travel factor I think is going to be big. I think there are a few improvements in this side in, in the aggression of that front row for the the force. So I'm going to say they're just going to sneak this home. And it might be a kick and it's Miotti kicking it this time, I reckon. I'll say they're going to win by by one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I, I won't pick a margin, but... Yeah, I reckon they can. I reckon they can beat the Highlanders. They they definitely blow me away with how how consistently well they've been playing over the last five or six games. So yep. um, I'll 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 join the bandwagon. That's soft, I Harry. think um, I think force by twelve. There you go, <laughs> Wowza. It's big. All right. So first game of Saturday, we see the Blues taking on the Waratahs. We don't have these team lineups, but hopefully we're going to see the return of Dempsey. Mm-hmm. May get to see uh, Raboni Warren Vosayatho for the first time. Ex South Boy who went current South Boy. He's back. Current, he's back. Current South yeah, Boy who went mm-hmm. to the Sunwolves and and he was almost lost to Australian rugby because he was picked in a squad for Japan and they realised that he hadn't been there long enough and had to pull him <clears> out. I think this was just before the World Cup. Yeah, right. He was very close to being lost to Australian rugby. and I would say we won't see him this week, though. Apparently, he's still got a niggly ankle injury from the end of his Japan contract. Okay. Right. He so. was good. He was, a, he was a standout for the Sunwolves. Every yeah. week, you know, you'd be, you'd be talking about him. We'd be doing a build-up to those games, and, and, and he was the guy you'd been talking about. So, yeah, um, whether he can have an impact straight away for the Tars, be nice to see. The one thing I would say is he he looks on on camera like he plays like as a hundred and fifteen kilo, hundred and twenty kilo yeah. back rower. He's not that big. Is that right? He plays he plays so far beyond his size. Yeah, he's on the sideline of the game on the weekend, and I just I, I was shocked that he wasn't a lot bigger. Yeah, he's an interesting player as well. I I'm not suggesting that we see him fill in at twelve for the Waratahs, <laughs> but but I mean he he. If, you know, as a player in your side, whether he's on the bench or on the starting side, he gives you a little bit more versatility because... No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. You're, I, not, I, you're not playing him as centre, mate. You know, but I mean, how badly do the Waratahs need Carmichael Hunt throughout this this year? You know, just that experience of something different at 12. And at points we've had Newsom in at centres, we've had other things. You never know what happens if there's another injury. I think, I, I, I think you're crazy. Michael Hooper's coming back early to play centre. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. No, I don't know whether we're going to see him. Uh, I don't know whether we'll see him. Look, I, I <laughs> honestly, not against him, but I, I hope we don't. You know, we've, Tizano's done really well. I think he deserves his shot um, and in a bit more game time. And, and Gamble, he's, you know, he was pretty promising when he's had moments as well. Hooper's just started a two-week quarantine, which he's means he gets weeks. out of quarantine after round three. There's two games left, and he hasn't run for two weeks. Like They're not yeah. going to put him in there and risk no. him for the international season. No, no way. No. I'll tell you what, more, more than Carmichael Hunt, the Waratahs need a coach yeah. that attracts some 
some big names. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and even if that's former Waratahs who are looking to come back here, maybe with the World Cup in mind, you know, Curly Bill's on record as saying that, you know, he wants to, yeah. he wants to play at the next World Cup. But, but they need someone who can reinvigorate that program. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, I thought I bought into Penny's vision and, and I believe that he could be a man for the job. And sadly, I think he's, he just, it is a you know, results-based um, industry. But he, it would have been lovely to see him backed like Thorne was backed for the Reds and given the time to make some substantial changes. Cause I think that's what from our side, that's what the vision looked like. But apparently he was telling them, you know, we're going to do well and we're going to do well this season and make some significant changes. Or apparently that's what it sounded, sounded like because apparently he wasn't, I said, apparently like he wasn't meeting what he had told them. I don't know what you yeah. could have expected from us this year. I mean, I, I there was rumblings the whole time about the fact that he was rubbing the senior players up the wrong way and they weren't buying into what he wanted to do. So there was obviously a lot going on there. Tom Robertson was on record saying, you know, he was mm. very critical. Uh, Jed Holloway, the same, very, very critical. So there was obviously a bit going on there um, that was mm. all behind closed doors and kept quiet. But I, I, I was the same. I really liked what he was saying in the media and, and the the uh, vision he had. But having said that, I also quite like Gillespie's track record to get an opportunity. So it's it's a tough first coaching job to come into his <laughs> Waratah side and resurrect them. But I think he deserves an opportunity as well. Yeah, Poison Chalice maybe. But it'll be interesting. I think if you can keep this cohort together... Um, we've seen so many of these young under-20s players come through the Reds, some in the Brumbies and, and elsewhere, but there's a lot in the Waratahs and, and quite a few of them are that little bit younger than the Reds. They're going to need a bit more time, but mm. there's a there's a cohesive unit from age. Uh, have you get got to see these guys playing under-20s and things previously? I mean, Donaldson, uh, Harrison, there's a lot of young guys coming through. Right. Uh, and it's interesting that you've talked about those two. That's a really interesting dynamic too. I don't know whether you caught up with the the story. I mean, they're obviously you guys know they're um, they're housemates, um, best mates, and uh, and you got Donaldson now, who seems to be um, since Will Harrison went out with that uh, the hamstring injury against the Brumbies. Um, Donaldson seems to be the the first choice at the moment, and so they they clearly believe that he's he's got something. I think that his ability to play flatter to the line has been able to unleash Fichetti and Parisi. And I, I know Harrison didn't have Parisi there for, for a lot of his chances, but it, it's seeming to suit that centre pairing really quite well. And in my opinion, at the very least, Yeah. but honestly, I'd love to see them both, both be on the field. I don't know how it works, whether it's Harrison at 15. I, I know Harrison's played a bit of 12. You can shift Fichetti out and Parisi out. I, I don't know. I don't think you muck with the centres. I think the centres have been going yeah. pretty well. I, I think the one place the Waratahs seem to be really lacking is some some class out, so out in the outside backs. And the obvious one to me is you play them at 10 and 15 and you push Maddox to one wing. Mm. How do you think um, Jack Maddox has, has gone? I mean, he to me, there's just some unfulfilled potential there. When he first got into the, the Wallabies, mm. they, they raved about him, about his... Just natural ability. Yeah. Does he seem a bit gun shy, or what is it at the moment? I mean, he scored. He finished that unbelievable try. Yeah. The last one uh, at the SCG the other night. 
but it just he just hasn't kicked on. I wonder whether it's environmental, you know, where he is and and who he's playing with it might have something to do with it. But it hasn't yeah, look, it's oh, my opinion is it's an interesting one. He's got so much potential. That shift from um, Melbourne to Sydney. This is what his second year at the Waratahs. The the figure that's always thrown about is it takes you three years to really get comfortable and get back to you know to your, your peak at a new club. He's shown moments of what we want to see from him. You know, those runs that we saw earlier on in the year off the back of a, a scrum splitting the line, we saw some of that last year. But he just doesn't seem to be able to inject himself in the game mm. enough. He needs to go looking for work more, yeah. I think, is the biggest thing. But And his defence is is not up to scratch. But he, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Nick, that he's a, he's a symptom of the environment that he's in. Sadly, he's gone to a Waratahs team that is down in the dumps. I think he's lost a little bit of confidence by the way he's playing. He's still got that X factor and ability to break mm. a tackle, but he's just not involved and used enough. I reckon if you put him at the back of the Reds, yeah, he would be, you know, in contention as the starting fullback mm. right now. It's just a shame that he doesn't, <laughs> he's not been in the right place at the right time uh, to have that opportunity. So I, I, I'm hopeful that he sticks around and that if we can get uh, get a bit of momentum at the Tars, we'll see a lot more from him because he's definitely still got the skill. There's no doubt. Seriously, I mean, you compare him to a guy like Jock Campbell, for example, yeah. at, the, at the Reds. In some ways, similar players. You think how he's kicked on because he's surrounded by perhaps without being disrespectful to the Waratahs, but perhaps a bit more quality. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, he's also just that cohesive unit of the back line. I, Maddox isn't a man that looks for the ball. And, and I think being in a team that's cohesive probably would pay off for him. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's not a hungry guy like Corabidi who just looks at every moment to get himself involved. Mm. It's also easy to know when, you can inject yourself when you've played under Brad Thorne for what five yeah. years or something through the juniors and everything now. Whereas Maddox has played under three head coaches in three seasons now. <laughs> yeah, something like that. that that's yeah. got to make it more challenging. Mm. Speaking of the outside backs, James Turner has been picked up from north north uh, northern suburbs from the Shoot Shield. Uh, th- there's a chance you could even see him have a run over Mark Nwanganiwasi. I think. No one's been blown away by his defensive efforts yet. He still nah. hasn't sorted out the reason why he was dropped. And I, I know that uh, I think James Turner is seen mm. as a little bit more of a reliable option. So that would be, I, I guess, quite a story if he did get that chance. Absolutely. And, you know, someone was going to pay the price, weren't they, for, for yeah. last weekend? There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, I mean, you could you could uh, certainly understand if a guy's been picked um on, on his defensive abilities, um, this week would be the week. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, Nwanganita Wasi has shown real glimpses of brilliance and attack. I think he's been rushed in or he was rushed in with an expectation. We were definitely expecting a lot of him and, and really wanted him in that squad, but I think we just need to temper it a little bit. I'd like to see him a little bit more in, in Shoot Shield and, and work his way into this, but... Um, mm. If someone's stable, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing to give them a, a, a shot, especially if they can defend, which is something that mm. watching last week we really need. Yeah. But it, all, but it also, again, sends that message about, you know, if you're playing well in shoot shield. Yeah. No, here's your opportunity. Yeah, 100%. And, and the shoot shield deserves that with the the class of that competition at the moment. Yeah. Uh, flicking over to the the Blues, there's a couple of changes that they've run over their last two two games, and I personally think it was still a little bit of an experiment, I hope, 
because I want to see <laughs> Stephen Perra franchise back in the 15 jersey or actually personally in the 10 jersey, but I don't believe that'll happen. Um, so he's, he's one um, that I, I just don't understand. And, and what about uh, Akira Yuani as well? Like, when are we going to see him get another chance? Yeah. It, they're two just class, class players that aren't getting game time at the moment. It's, it's, so, so firstly, uh, we had a discussion pregame last week with Andrew Mertens about a Terry Black. Yeah. And, and the fact that he was a star through those younger age groups and perhaps he just hasn't um, quite delivered on, on, on his promise. Um, maybe they believe that, you know, time in the saddle. The, the point was made that the I think Czech even made the point that the Blues in the last decade have – um, kind of built players around superstars, whether it be, you know, superstar second row or superstar back row or, you know, Rico Ioane on the on the wing. They kind of, everything revolves around them. And he was saying maybe it's time that they actually said, okay, here's, here's our nine and here's our ten and we're going to build our game around around those folks. It, it, it sort of felt like or has felt like that hasn't happened. It's been more ad hoc. Yeah. So... Maybe a Terry Black is the, it, the guy that they... That's interesting. But surely Bodie Barrett's their 10 next year for the next yeah. two seasons. Like, that's true. If you, if you can't build a game around him, there's something going on. Look, I, yeah, I, I think this week the injection of TJ Fayani might might have been his second week back, but yeah. I think he really s- stabilised Black. Mm. I think he just, you know, gave him a, an easier sort of stable option to dish the ball off or, you know, do something else with rather than, you know, the, who did they have previously in, in 12? In, in recent yeah, I, I don't think Plummer for me did enough in, in that 12 jersey. It definitely seemed like there wasn't as much control. And, and yes, mm. it's it's probably easy to to look like you're in control when you win 50 to 3. Tania Lutaleo was there at one point as well. Like, Who's it's just not, not the same kind of ball playing option to take the pressure off. Yeah. Mm. So, and I mean, Zahn Sullivan showed some glimpses of, of some exciting footy, but he's, he's quite a young player as well. Uh, my guess is we see um, Perifeta come back into that 15 jersey. And the other one's Mark Talea. Any any insights there, Nick? Why is he not starting every week on the left wing? No, I'm, I can't can't help you that. Other than to say he's a bloody good player. We always we always talk about last year. He was on the left wing for the first half of the season, and he was probably the best winger in the comp. And yeah. then he moved into the right wing to bring Caleb Clark in, and then I don't think he scored another try or, or very few. And Caleb Clark was the best winger in the comp. Yeah. It just seems like that left wing jersey in, in the in the Blues is the one that you want. Yeah. Well, and then um, so AJ Lamb is there now, isn't he? So yeah. you know, and he's he's pretty handy as well. Yeah, yeah. You just want the eleven jersey there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, uh, Heem did some some good things, but you need Mark Tillet on that that side. I think he's he's just a very exciting player. So he played. I'm just casting. He played quite a bit early on though through Super Rugby, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only only been recent right, weeks. Right wing though, right wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. He just doesn't get the ball on the right wing though. I don't know. I don't know what it is with their game plan, but they just don't stretch their 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 back line. Mm. The ball very wide on that side. I think I, I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning him. But can we just highlight Patrick Tupolo, who may be back, their captain? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
So he has he has a I think they said neck injury. He keeps swapping between shoulder and neck. So I don't know what's going on there. And Dalton Papaliti is the other one with a knee injury. Both <clears> of them <throat> I think are in contention. Maybe not locked in, but contention for this week. I yeah. I actually thought the really good have coming back into the team, are they? Yeah, just <laughs> slightly handy. Um, especially after a tough week last week for them. You know they really need that <laughs> that to avoid them, but. I, I thought Patrick Tupelodu was a gigantic loss through Super Rugby Aotearoa for, for them this year, and I thought they really missed his leadership. So I'm a bit worried about how much better they can be with him in the side. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, those little things, and they didn't really uh, – I mean, they were expected to be the big improvers. I know they were the big improvers last year, but that 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 um, rate of improvement didn't really come to pass this year, did yeah. it, when you, when you look at – their, their trajectory, they kind of flatten off. And well, I, I think it was that lack of leadership or that change in leadership and also the Bodie Barrett effect and having to rely on Otero Black. They're, they're two huge changes in how that team's being controlled. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, let, let's go a tip for this one. Nick, you lead us off. We don't want to, we don't want to influence you with our tips. What do you, <laughs> what do you think? No, I, I think um, the blues. Yeah. Blue colored Jersey Waratahs. No, 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 no. You, no, you don't want to give us a number by the sounds of it? The Blues by plenty. Okay. okay. Yep. We'll say plenty. That's, what, three or four? Points yeah, out? yeah, yeah. 15, 20. Three yeah. or four dozen. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, the, I'm just too concerned about the Waratahs' defence. I mean, there's been nothing to show us that that's going to change. So I, I am right, <laughs> I'm right in the same sort of page here. I'm going to say... 20 plus, I'll say 20 to what be nice. the line? 34 and a half or something? Yeah. They're going to beat the line. 35 points for me. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Chiefs yeah. Brumbies. Well, I'll, I'll rattle through a quick few things here so we can push on. So you got Natoa Akoi, who was rested last week. Sam Penny for now, we think he's back from a shoulder injury. And maybe for the Brums, Tom Cusack. He's, mm-hmm. uh, they keep saying he's almost back. He's almost back. So we, we expect that, you know, if he was almost there for the final of AU, he should be back this week. Yeah. Um, uh, they're they're the turn they're changes that we're expecting. Other than that, um, the Chiefs conceded 19 penalties and 17 turnovers against the Force. They just couldn't get their game going. Not only that, they've now had to fly all the way back to New Zealand, which you know roughly again a 20 hour flight. There's a lot of travel there mm. after an emotionally draining final in New Zealand, and then going to Perth and back. I think it could be hard for them to get up against probably Australia's best side or most consistent side. Yeah, I think um, certainly. I would say, even though the Reds won, um, my my impression is the Brumbies game plan, just you know, the, the ability to change it up, I think suits New Zealand opposition. I think they, they match up pretty well against New Zealand opposition. Um, and for that reason, yeah, I, I think the, the Brumbies will, will get it done. Um, just trying to think, did they, they didn't really have any real issues out of the back, like like injury-wise or anything like that, did they, out of the back of last week? No, I don't think there was actually any new injuries that, that came in last week. So they're still obviously missing Slipper, um, Pig yeah. Samu, I don't think we're expecting Not that. going on tour, yeah. No, no one else is coming back in for them. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, there, I mean, there were a couple changes in, in the back. We saw the first of Solomon Kata that we've seen, I think, all, all season. And, what an addition, I think, is, is Grunt. And he, he plays very differently on the wing, obviously, to Muirhead. Completely yeah. different style of player. But the, the Brumbies led pretty much every attacking stat except for metres. So tackle, bus, line breaks. 
this this back line for the Brumbies really offers a you know a real threat for them there, and they've got such a solid um, base in their forwards. It, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get a win, get a win here. Well, in in a way, you talk about the forwards, and I know that some former players who are now experts in Australia hate it when people say this compare <laughs> Aussie teams to New Zealand teams, but there's a bit of there's a bit of the Kiwi about the way the Brumbies play, you know, how they obviously launch off line out, um, yeah. whether it be through, through mall or, or, you know, off, off the top. And then you've got such a, a, a brutal scrum as well. Um, it, it just, that's what I mean about the, the matchup. They can, they can play that sort of rugby if they need to. I think they have a very well-rounded game. You know, they're they're Mm. the team with the least holes in their side in the way they Mm. play the game, whereas every other team in Australia, I think there's ways they can and ways they definitely cannot play. Yeah. You you mentioned the scrum. How about the Chiefs scrum this year? Aiden Ross has just been on absolute fire, tearing apart New Zealand scrums, and they were huge again last week. It's going to be real interesting to see how the Brumbies scrum, which hasn't been kind of as reliable as as you would think this year, and how, how they match up against the Chiefs. Just on that, how do you reckon? Um, how do you reckon Scott Co's gone this year? Look, I actually think I, looking at him last weekend and in a few weeks recently, I think he's he's done better than I expected. Early on in the year, um, he was thrown into that starting side with another slipper injury, and they they seemed to really really struggle. Well, he was I a late starter too, I think, wasn't he? He was coming back from coming back. Yeah, from he's had a couple of injuries of his own yeah. for sure. Yeah, so he's been in and out, but. I don't know. I, th- I think he's been better in, in recent weeks than he was early on in the year, but I do feel like he hasn't reached back to where he was, you know, three, four years ago. Mm. Yeah, um, we haven't seen the best of him for two years, I think. Yeah. What, what was your take on that? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I just, I, I, the same. I just didn't think um, that uh, that he'd been at his absolute best. And, and I think that um, without James Slipper there, it kind of it really gets amplified with with the Brumbies scrum. I mean, we know it to be such a good and reliable part of their game, and it, and when it's not, you kind yeah. of go, oh, okay. Yeah. But I think it's even more obvious in the last twenty when you're now bringing on these rookie front rowers rather than having someone as experienced as Scott Sayer coming off the bench. You know, even even not in his best form, he's not setting the world alight, but he's still a bloody good front rower. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. He, um, well, I think it was a couple of weeks ago we were touching on the difference of the Brumby scrum with slipper and without slipper mm. and rates of scrums, that sort of thing against the Reds. And it, there was a stark difference. Mm. It was definitely a significant difference. So Slipper's just, you know, improved year on year in recently. And, I mean, he's been given this second chance at, at the Brumbies and he's really taken it. Mm. Mm. Um, what else do we have to look at here? Harry, Harry's man, He every week he talks about he needs to see Chase Tia Tia get a chance. We see, well, last week he did. We see D-Mac shift into 10. Was it as good as you expected? Yeah. It was. Yeah, Chase Tia Tia scored, didn't he? I don't know. Did he? <laughs> He didn't seem to do too much. And that's been a discussion all year. How do you balance that? I mean, Mackenzie was 15, but he was playing 10 most of the time anyway, wasn't he? It was, it was a strange yeah. setup. Oh, I, personally, I think that D-Mac just plays 15 and you just drop Jonah Lowe. 
Mm. Or now they've got two two new wingers because uh, Nano Saturo has gone back to the sevens program, mm. but, um, and then Chase Tiatia plays on one of the wings like he did for the Hurricanes so often. But um, I I don't think they're going to do that. They've made it pretty clear that Chase is only a fullback and he only gets a run if D Max not there. So I just mm. I just don't understand. I think they need a pick and stick at ten because otherwise they're going to have the same problem next year. Caleb Trask, I thought this was his year to get a chance. They bring in bring Gatland and then. They all play two games at a time and then and then not again for a month. Well, Bryn Gatlin certainly hasn't set the world on fire, has he? I mean I would have thought that I would have thought Mackenzie's your, your ten and and put Chase two two at the back. The, I think the worry is though that they failed the ten experiment with him already in the past. Mm. But I, I genuinely reckon that uh, Bryn Gatlin and Caleb Drys both had their moments when they played. They just need mm. someone to back them. Like mm. I, I would pick both of them over a Terra Black, to be honest with you, in current form. <laughs> mm. Yeah, look, I, I'm probably more in, in your camp. Um, I'd, I'd love to see D-Mac starting at 15, working himself into a game, and then you're pushing him forward, you know, in that, that last 20 minutes, and he can get involved as, as you know, more regularly mm. to finish off the game like he has so so many times throughout Super Rugby Aotearoa. I, I don't know. I, I think they do tend to have a lot of attacking weapons in the outside backs, and, and Shaw TT is one of them, but... They they haven't had two firing winning wingers at any point this year, I don't think. No, no, no not at all. Uh, Luke Jacobson, I, I was uh, we play obviously <laughs> fantasy footy. I was fretting not not only because he got me minus thirty points this week, but a red card. How many weeks? I thought it was just a stock standard. You get three weeks, don't you? No matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. no further sanction. Can confirm he's he's here. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that email come out as well based yeah. on. What has been going on? At, at least it was, I think it was not rolling away and it was a team, you know, cynical consecutive penalties for that second yellow, which turned it into a red. So I guess it's a yeah. little different. But I, I did think it was automatically a game if they had a red, to be honest with you. No. Yeah. Um, this this is a, an interesting battle of those back rowers touching on him. Luke Jacobson, um, Lachlan Boshier. <laughs> You're going to ask what I think you're going to ask? No, I'm not going to ask. Yes, okay. Sam Kane or Lachlan Boshier, if you could only pick one of them. Uh, no, Sam Kane. So is it? does he get you there on leadership and experience? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive part of it, yep. Do, do you see him, like, that's, that's a legitimate answer. That's fine. But do you also, do you think he's as pivotal around the field, you know, with ball in hand in defence? Or do you think his leadership is just so heavily weighted? He he probably doesn't carry as well. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I would say uh, I was going to say he's better over the ball. Um, would you agree with that? Say. <laughs> huh? I said that's not what the stats say. Is that right? Yeah, no. Boshe was miles ahead yeah. last year, like a country mile ahead of everyone last year. Is that right? Yeah. But he, he just doesn't have that leadership. Kane's got that, I don't know, just something about him that, you know, p- puts him in there as a leader and it, he's hard to drop. Yeah. I don't know. I completely disagree. But if we also... <laughs> also, I, I, think, I don't get it, mate. He hasn't won anything as a leader. No, if, if anything, when he was the leader of the Chiefs last year, they were horrendous. Yeah, that's fair. And Suakula in the sixth jersey, I think we're going to see him there again. Yep. For the Brumbies, uh, how good's Valentini been? I mean, they shift him to eight and he's he's just as pivotal there. Well, he's he is. So there's a player you talk about 
sticking with and, and giving time. And I know that, you know, over the last couple of years, he's, he's missed a fair bit of rugby through injury, but he's been fit this season. And he is that, you know, how long have we been saying that we want a, a, a damaging back rower who can run and, and hurt people, basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like a, a, a Kefu type yeah. player. Yeah. Um, and he's finally delivering on that. And he's going to be pivotal when it comes to the Wallaby season as well. So, no, he's, he's been terrific. But I love the fact that, um, that the Brumbies somehow, and they've done it over the years um, when Pocock was injured, you know, they'll, they'll bring in a player. And, again, they've done it this year with, uh, with Luke Reimer in the last couple of weeks as well. They just keep, keep finding um, back rowers who look completely at home when they're given their opportunity. There's just something about the Brumbies, really. Yes, I think that's that's where they keep, you know, they've got the the best wealth in in the back row. But you can just pull someone into any jersey in their side, and they they seem to look at home. It's it's something that the Crusaders have always done. And it, it must there must be something about not not only the rest of the team functioning well makes it easy to come in and do a job, but there must be something around the level of clarity that they're giving these young players coming in yeah. where they just worry about their role and they simplify things. Whereas I think in some of the other sides. Uh, you know the Waratahs obviously come to do mind. everything. Yeah, you, you drop in. It's like oh, there's there's so much wrong happening around you. Good luck trying to fix it, kind of thing. <laughs> just, go out, just go out and try your best, young fella. Yeah. Seriously, like I, I just don't think that there can possibly be the same clarity of what they're what they're doing. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Sides. Whereas Rhyme is a perfect example. I don't think he's it. I don't think he was even contracted to the Brumbies before. Was he? Isn't he out of Shoot Shield? Yeah, yeah. He's had a yeah. lot of time with them. No, he's an ex. Um, the reason it's resonated with me is I'm involved with um, Linfield Juniors um, right. and, and you know, a lot of people walking around the other week with their chest stuck out. Oh, you know, Luke Ryan was a, a former <laughs> Linfield Junior. Yeah. He's done a bit since then. But, um, yeah. but yeah, obviously through, through Gordon and, you know, what a great opportunity. But, but even, like, Jerome Brown is another example. Like, when he comes into the site, you know, Jerome Brown. And he's he's awesome. And then to the point where he gets injured, and everyone says, "Well, how are they, they going to replace Jerome Brown?" Yeah. Mm. And and so they keep, you know, churning him out. It's yeah. you might be right about the, um, about the uh, the clarity of it. And then that leads to the further discussion about what a good coach Dan McKellar is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's there's just something going on in the Brumbies that, you know, then there's not a big you know, a, a large base to pick players from. So they tend to pick from other states, but mm. they just build these players right right through. Yeah. Mm. I've got, I got one question before a tip, Nick. Mm. Uh, Samasoni Takiaho or Nathan Harris at hooker? <sighs> Takiaho, I think, um, because yeah. he's just a little bit more... Damaging, I reckon. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, no, that's that's where I'd go. That's it's it's go. win-win, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you don't, but but there again, um, how fortunate to be able to have that dilemma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And isn't it Bradley Slater's their third choice as well, <laughs> yeah, who's yeah, also yeah. been in excellent form in every opportunity he's had. So, yeah, they're, they're not short of good hookers. But I, I, I think it's a good point that the difference between the two is probably Takeo around the park is just mm. so damaging with ball in hand. Mm. Um, it reminds me of, you know, um, the, the situation that the Hurricanes have got now as well with 
with Coles, who's obviously again offers so much around around the field. But um, I'm just trying to think. Amours, would would you say he's their second or their third choice? Yeah, he's their second now. this year. I think he's their second. Riccatelli. Yeah, so he's overtaken Riccatelli. Yeah, but uh-huh. again, we'll take Riccatelli. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's well, fantastic. Look, Brumbies seem to be in a similar position with with hookers. They they've just got a long list of really good potential young hookers as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Lonigan's been terrific, yeah. hasn't he? Really. Lonigan's great. Um, he has been, yeah. Yeah. So, but look, I mean, the Waratahs, we've got a couple. We'll take a couple off their hands happily. They <laughs> seem to have enough of them. But look, if you've got to make a tip in this one, where are you going? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Brumbies. I'll oh. go with them. Yeah. All right. Brumbies by five. Oh, you've got a margin too. Uh, confidence. Yeah, I like it. I'm with you. I was trying to convince myself out of the last one for the when when we tipped the Australian side the force, but the Brums, I actually genuinely think they can win it. I'm going to go Brumbies by three. Yeah, I think the Brumbies can do it. Uh, I, I think looking at the the last matchups last week as well and the travel factor and things, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be too much for the Chiefs, and I think the the Brums will get it done. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go the biggest out of all us. I go converted try seven points. Nice. Okay. Good. Very good. I hope we're right. Last <laughs> game, last game of the uh, of the week, the Reds versus the Crusaders, the blockbuster that uh, that everyone's <clears> been waiting for. I think so. You know, there was some talk. Brad Thorne was basically targeting this one by giving everyone a bit of a rest after last week. I think it was more the fact that he was a realist and knew that they wouldn't get back up after the That's grand right. final. Yeah. Um, but what a game at Suncorp! It should be a sellout. You got a couple of big injury concerns with the concussions to James O'Connor and Josh Fluke. Uh, you know, I would have said Fluke would have been easy to cover, but at the moment they really don't have a lot more established centre options. No, and Hamish, I think it's been pretty good. Let's face it. I mean, I know that um, even when he came in, um, Drew Mitchell was was getting very. Uh, vocal about the fact that he couldn't understand why he was in the centres. He would have moved um, Jordan Pattaya in from the wing and, you know, that just seemed... But but in the final, I flew, you know, he had a moment where it was, um, it was pretty influential in the result in that game. He's, he's been terrific. He's, he's definitely stepped up in those two Super Rugby AU games when he had those those chances and and both against the Brumbies in, in you know, big pressure moments. Mm. Um, I, I still think there's a few work on – I mean, he's, when we're comparing him to Paisami, it's, it's always going to be a, a glaring difference because of how good he has been in, in recent mm. years. But, I mean, Pattaya, when he was in that 13 jersey, he looked like he was trying to do too much and, yeah. and he had a very error-ridden game and, and Fluke's been better than that. Yeah. I, I think I'd love to say that they still had Chris Fireway Saltillo in the books because I think he'd fill that role very well f- for them. But – Without Fluke there, and and we're not sure on Paisami, it's going to be interesting. Is, is there a bit of horror about Fluke? The way he plays the game. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I just think I he's think got so. a class. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's there yet. Don't get me wrong, but he just has a very comfortable, confident way of playing where he gives you a lot. Uh, you, you're always backing him to be able to step up to the level. But uh, having said that, I do think that they, they're missing a bit of balance in their centres. And I think uh, if he's fit or not, they will be hanging out to get Hunter Paisami back yeah. just for the impact that he provides in that side. I yeah. think 
interestingly, and you, they, they kicked a lot through Super Rugby AU. Um, and when you're l- missing a lot of the strike power, we'll touch on it. You know, obviously, obviously, some of the other names they're they're missing and they missed last week, but they they were missing a lot of strike power, and they didn't really get the the go forward and earn the right to kick the ball. You know, it, it, they felt like they were passively kicking. How many times last weekend did we see them just try to kick the ball out of their 22? And instead of it going out, they had a tack right back in their face or they had a try. They turned around, yeah. there was a try score. They just well, they couldn't get out of their 22. It's That's actually um, <clears throat> sort of feeds into a really interesting discussion. I don't know whether you um, saw on Stan Sport, we did a, a preview to the Trans-Tasman um, competition. Yep. But it was based on... Um, Stats and, and numbers that um, Michael Checker mm. got hold of. He's he's been um, using this um, uh, stats company mm. in Sydney for a few years now called Measure M. Yep. And and they do like really deep dive analytics to the point where we actually went through um, the most influential players in the competition based on. Yeah. Um, not only how much they kicked, but how effective the kick was or where they ended up. Yeah, or or with their carries. What was the result of the carry? You know, how did that influence the game? All that so so it's quite sort of pointy headed stuff. But one of the stats that was memorable for me is that Australian teams kicked a whole lot more and kicked a lot further than um, than New Zealand teams on a whole across Super Rugby AU compared to Super Rugby Aotearoa. But what the result of those kicks were was nowhere near as effective as when the Kiwis kicked. So the Kiwis kicked right. less but a lot more effectively. And I think we yep. saw a bit of a, a microcosm of that yeah, um, from the Reds last week. They, they kicked a bucket load. But and it was I- always under pressure. It was, it was, never, it was always to, to try and get out of trouble rather than try and set something up and create something. Yeah, interesting on that. Like, I mean, the last thing you want to do is is give a Kiwi side the ability for a kick return. Mm. You're talking about the Aussies kicking further. There's a reason Kiwi teams probably don't always just go for distance because you create space for a player to run back. You know, we've seen in the last few years shorter kicks, more contestable bombs, little things like that, little chips. So if it did, does reach Damian McKenzie, you're in his face to make the tackle, you know, mm-hmm. or, or you've got a chance to get the ball. You're not just kicking it deep into to the back paddock and, and giving him that, you know, disarray and, and, and gaps. And I think that's something that the Reds, they just seem to kick willy-nilly and it wasn't really a, a you know, controlled, thought-out kicking. The loss of James O'Connor probably didn't help. At mm. Yeah, but I actually thought Bryce Hegarty played quite well. I Honestly, I, I'm for me, I'm just writing that game off as a one-off. They didn't yeah. look like themselves at all. Um, I, I think there was too many changes and they were too distracted by the week before. So I don't, I don't want to dwell too heavily on that one game yeah. because of the fact that it was just so out of character the way they played. <clears throat> and they made the Highlanders look absolutely brilliant somehow. <laughs> um, look, there, there's a few potential begins here. You know, James O'Connor, you mentioned, might be out. But Harry Wilson and Alex Murphy both had concussions from the final. So Harry Wilson will obviously be straight back into the starting side. Alex Murphy probably back to the bench, you would think. But... 
on the Wilson point, I guess that uh, that begs the question: What happens to the rest of the back row? And Liam we, Wright was brilliant last week. I don't know if we're sure that he's he's back. Have we? I don't think we've had any. No, reports. no, they, they haven't named him yet or anything like that. But he's a he's a concussion, which means unless they have some lingering problems, he's back for the next game. Yep. They they seem to like that model of bringing um, bringing Liam Wright off yeah. the bench. Um, and oh. Angus Scott Young, I think, has played. Just trying to think. So he played last weekend, didn't he? So yeah, he, I think he's played pretty much every minute or close to every minute of of I, the season so far. I think the, my take on that was Liam Wright, you know, he was out for a long time. When he worked his way back in, he didn't get a good chance to really solidify that spot. Angus Scott Young, um, Fraser McWright had been so good that mm. they offered those guys their chances, which I think was deserved chances in the grand final. And I always expected that there would be some changes mm. come the Super Rugby Aotearoa. I think Wright's got to work his way back into that side. They gave Angus Scott Young the chance to play in the locks. I don't think he's a lock. Yeah. Um, he offers so much, but surely at one point, and I, I'm thinking it's this week, we see Liam Wright at six, Fraser McWright at seven, both back together like we, we did last year. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that, um, I, that's what I would expect as well. I'm with you. I think that, that's, that'll be what happens. Uh, on the Crusaders, Crusaders side, the thing, sorry, Sione Avili um, ruled out of the Aotearoa Grand Final just before kickoff with a concussion. So he's another one that missed a week, an extra week. So potentially back again. They haven't confirmed him. Will Jordan, I think, is believed to be back from his minor foot injury. They actually called it a rest in the end. Mitch yeah. Drummond, the same, just rested. And Scotty Barrett missed last week with illness as well, I think a late withdrawal. So they're all expected to be back. So they'll be uh, very, very strong in their squad and their depth once again. Yeah. yeah. Um, their problem is who to pick. How do you pick the best players and put them all in the park and give them confidence to keep on playing as well as they have been, really? Um, but in particular, the one I want to talk about is how do you fit four into three or three into two, the way you look at it? Um, I, I think the centres in the back and the outside backs, it's got to be Havili and probably Enor at 12-13, which leaves you Fenger and Nuki, <laughs> Fenger and Nuku, rather. Um, and... Uh, Seven, and, and George Bridge. Yeah. Those three into two spots because I assume Will Jordan's at the fullback. Yeah, see, see, um, is Bridge the one who misses out there? Like, oh, who's been unbelievable. Uh, I think and on form. Sorry, go on. I think on form it should be uh, George Bridge. Mm. Um, Sever Reese. We know what Severis can do, and, and I think he's done it at points throughout this year. Fanganuku has just, honestly, I think he's been, you know, Severis-esque from a couple yeah. of years ago. So, yeah. I mean, if they're your two wingers and you're bringing on someone like George Bridge who can cover 15, cover the wing, is so experienced, he's probably an amazing player to bring off the bench. They all would be. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I mean, do we just keep seeing them rotate those guys around a little bit? Yeah, maybe. But I, I'd, I'd be starting Fangaranuku and, and Sebu Reese. The thing about Sebu Reese, um, he reminds me uh, of uh, Marika Carabetti. Um, yeah. Just the way that, and I guess you'd say it to any young kid, if particularly in schoolboy footy, you know, kids never see it on the wing or never see the ball on the wing. Mm. Well, you go and look for it. He just he just bobs up everywhere. like yep. it's almost, And I'm sure he's just given that 
permission just to, you know, but, you know, play what you see. But he's, you never quite know where he's playing. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and his class in any situation is just ridiculous as well. Yeah. I'm still thinking back to that funny little kind of banana kick he put back into the middle of the field early in Super Rugby Aotearoa. That's right. It just confused everybody. No one had any idea what he was thinking, but it was yeah. just absolutely perfect. Yeah. He just has and it was And it was so ridiculous that everyone's thinking, did he mean to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100% he did. Yeah, I, I thought it was somehow it was ugly but perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it just seemed too good to be true almost. Yeah. Um, if we jump across to the forwards and any changes, I think we probably see Havili come back in for Sanders in the seven jersey. I think at the moment he's, he's their choice there. Um, Ethan Blackadder, we've been wanting to see, you know, if, See something from him throughout this year, and I think he had a he had a really good game last week, last week. Outstanding year, yeah, but yeah. he's just got yeah. better again. Yeah, um, they, they stepped up for sure. Yeah, he he was immense last week. So I don't think there's too many other changes in that forward pack. No, no. I, I do. I did realize that we missed something in the Reds though. If uh, Hunter Basami's not fit, what do they do at outside center? Who we're talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Their options are basically Isaac Henry or maybe Elisaya Atrocesi. Who's a winger, really, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. What do you do then? Uh, maybe you, you could put Hegarty to – well, then who – yeah, no one else can play 10. You could put Hamish Stewart at 12. You could put – he's there. I don't know. I don't have any solutions. I, yeah. Well, Hamish, yeah, Hamish, well, he has been 12, has he? Hamish yeah, he has. I been. was thinking if you slide him in, it allows you to slide um, sl- uh, the fullback out. What's his name? Hegarty. Hegarty back out to 13. But then you still have a hole, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. A tough one. Looking looking at their oh, lineup. We maybe put Jock Campbell fullback. Yeah, I, I would think that's definitely what will happen if, uh, if Hegarty goes, goes to 10. But mm. there still leaves that, that channel at outside centre that they're going to have to try and plug somehow. Mm. So I think they'll be doing everything they can to get Paisami back because who else have they got? I don't know. You're, can, look, you're looking at can, the squad list there. I'm, I'm looking. I mean, we've, surely we get Vunavalu onto wing. Just yeah. kick the ball to him, you know. <laughs> he's he's yeah. showing that he with the ball in hand how good he is. But, yeah. I mean, all he had... In, in his chances on the weekend were crossfield kicks and he beat the man both times and, and yeah. scored off the back of it. It's interesting. That, but the, the flip side to that is defensively, Yeah, um, I think he's still finding his, his feet yeah. as well. He'll have a lot of traffic coming at him for sure. Oh, if there's any team that'll take advantage of that as well, it'll yeah. be the Crusaders, yeah. won't it? Yeah. Well, okay, I mean, so we're just going to – we'll just pretend it's like we answered that I mean, that one. What, what else can you do? You've got, <laughs> you've got Mac Greeley, you've got – no. The guys you touched on. I mean, Dalgunu, Dungunu's not really no. a centre, but we're going to have to see someone Isaac filling Henry. that role. It's going to be Isaac Henry. It's going to be Isaac Henry. I reckon you're right. All right. We'll go. That's that's answered. Reds by how much, Nick? <laughs> Reds by how much? Can I, can I just say it will be, um, obviously, so it's 10 years since the 2011 yep. finals, so there's a big lunch happening in Brisbane on Friday. And then there's uh, a reunion happening at the ground uh, with, with as many players as they can get back as possible. So I think Will Genny is back in the country. I don't know whether he'll be out of quarantine right. in time, but um, James Hall got out of quarantine today, so he'll be there. Um, so that's a, a pretty special thing to be celebrating. Um, doesn't feel like 10 years. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, listen, I'm, 
not with any great surety, but I, I just love to see the the Reds win. Um, they haven't beaten the Crusaders since that 2011 final either. Oh, so, wow. So well, no, no doubt those players will be in the dressing room speaking to them before the game and yeah. kind of firing them up. What's that? Sorry? No doubt they'll have those players all in the dressing rooms and in the night before trying to fire everybody up as well. Yeah, it'd be nice to think so. I mean, that's one of the my favourite all-time games at, at 2011 final. So if we get something that even approaches that, it's going to be a, a great night. Let's say the, the Reds by one. Oh, I love, love it. it. Yeah, look, I, I just have a feeling I'd rather believe that the Reds were <laughs> saving it for this week. Yeah. Um, I think it, it comes down to if, if Paisami plays for me. Is, that all right? You know, if Paisami and, and James O'Connor are playing, uh, I'm going to tip the Reds to, to cause a, a massive upset. Without them, I just I honestly can't I see it happening. Yeah. I'm just going to have to make a pick. <laughs> um, assume they're back. Assuming them they're, they're back, I'll say the Reds by three. Uh, Reds by 14. It'll be one of those Crusaders. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing is that we know we know from this year that the Crusaders are beatable. Yeah, they are. They're right. definitely... They've yes. slipped. Yeah, they, they don't have that. I mean, they've still got an aura, but it's it's not the same as it has been in previous years. Yeah, no, that's right. Except in grand finals in Christchurch where... Oh, any final. Any final that's yeah. Yeah. I've just back, back, booked a ticket, actually, Nick, to be in Christchurch <laughs> for the grand final. I was super rugby trans Tasman, so I don't know which way I'll be cheering, actually, now, well, that's, now that I think about it. That's it's unfortunate like, because the well, game's going to be played in Sydney. <laughs> 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 All right. Look, uh, thanks, thanks for being on board with us. Hey, uh, through, We've gone way over time. We just had too much fun. That's all right. No, no, my, my pleasure. It's good to, good to catch up with you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Cheers, mate. Good on you. Cheers. Bye. To God, what's a God do with that? Deserto. Do what, do what, eat that, eat that, eat that. Do what, do that, eat that, do that, eat that. Do what, do that, eat that. And now for dessert, we will unmute Kagi. Kagi, how did you like the pod? Boys, mate, that was pretty frustrating. I was just sitting there the whole time. Thank God I had some pilk ice cream to sit and um, get through. It was kind of like watching a movie, you know what I mean? Live watching. Uh, one professional and two amateurs at work. Um, Don't and call Ricardo and Harry amateurs, mate. <laughs> That's quick from you, Nels. Well done, mate. Um, but no, look, how good was that? It's fantastic to have Nick McCardle, and I'm looking forward to that intro. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, on, on Pilk is locale, so this is our dessert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, guys, get some Pilk up here. Get some the- bonus milk into you. Who root? <laughs>